Welcome to Shujin Academy VGM Club. I'm Professor Tom, your faculty sponsor. The play-in track for this episode is Recycle Machine Card from SNK vs. Capcom Card Fighters DS, and I'll be discussing that game later in this episode. The first time I saw the phrase soundtrack delivery system, it was on Kotaku's short-lived morning music feature, and it was used to refer to the SNES version of Waterworld. Waterworld was a licensed game based on the Kevin Costner film of the same name, like most licensed games of the 16-bit era. It's a bad game. In this, the developers were just being faithful to the spirit of the movie, which is also very bad. Game composer Dean Evans apparently didn't get the memo about how the game was supposed to suck, because he turned in a phenomenal soundtrack with some excellent chill tracks and also some great synth jams. I already played the laid-back map theme from Waterworld in episode 9, and I'm going to play a few more songs from that game on our first music segment. Today's episode is in fact wholly devoted to music that is very good from games that are not. I could probably do dozens of tracks like this from a lot of different games, but I'm choosing to do a deeper dive into five different games. Some of these soundtracks are known to VGM fans, and some of them are not, so hopefully you discover something new here. I'm going to start off with a few tracks from the previously mentioned Waterworld for the SNES, and then we'll move on to a few more good songs from bad games. To start with, I'll play Attack 1. I really like the synthy, kind of slinky vibe on this song, and it's great how it transitions into a faster tempo segment before restarting its loop around the 245 mark. I'll follow that up with Mission Theme 1, then Mission Theme 2, and then Mission Theme 3. Dean Evans was writing some good songs, but he wasn't really putting much effort into names. All three of these are great synth tracks, even if they don't quite sound like riding your jet ski around the flooded ruins of the future Earth, scavenging for supplies. Some of my original rips of these tracks were really long, so I've edited them down for time. All of them were, as I mentioned before, composed by Dean Evans. Enjoy!
To follow up Waterworld, we'll listen to some songs from another decidedly mediocre licensed game, Silver Surfer for the NES. Silver Surfer is a nigh-invincible character with ridiculous cosmic powers, so of course the developers decided to make him the protagonist of a side-scrolling shooter where a hit from literally anything would kill him. It's not exactly a hidden gem of the NES library, except of course for the soundtrack. This game was composed by the legendary Tim and Jeff Folan, two men who are in the pantheon of NES composers. And once again, those guys did not get the memo about how the game was supposed to suck, so they composed this amazing soundtrack that sounds like the best techno album ever made for the NES. We'll start off with Summoned by Galactus, and then hear BGM1, BGM2, Device Completed, and my favorite song on the soundtrack, the exceptionally groovy High Score.
I've played a lot of Castlevania games, and my least favorite was Haunted Castle, the 1988 arcade game that's a loose adaptation of the very first game in the series. Haunted Castle looks amazing, the sprites are huge and detailed, and the backgrounds are beautifully intricate, but it plays like crap. A lot of the early Castlevania games have a protagonist with a sense of weight, and Haunted Castle is the worst of these. This is a game where Simon Belmont is ponderous as a tank, but unlike a tank he can only take like two hits before dying. Getting past the first level is a slog, and the game doesn't improve as you keep playing through it. I can get why someone would drop in a quarter or two to play this cabinet, but I don't know why anyone would bother with it after that. There are some other highly questionable design choices. For example, one of the stage boss fights just suddenly ends once the boss loses their last hit point instead of having a dramatic explosion or something. It also has quite the flyer. For some reason, there's a sexy girl in a graveyard hiding from Dracula. If you want to see it, you should check out my Instagram at Shujin Academy VGM Club. You can also look up other Konami arcade game flyers of the late 80s. Apparently someone in their North American marketing department really had a thing for hot girls being in arcade flyers because there are several others in the same vein as the flyer for Haunted Castle. Anyway, Haunted Castle's composers Kenichi Matsubara and Masahiko Ikariko turned in an incredible soundtrack. This might actually be my favorite soundtrack in the series prior to Super Castlevania 4. The songs are very short, so I'm going to play almost all of them. First up is Devil's Revival, the Stage 2 theme. Then we'll hear Bloody Tears, the Stage 3 theme. This is a rearrangement of one of the tracks from Castlevania 2, and it's become a recurring song in a lot of games in the series. I really like this version. There's also Den of Worship, the Stage 4 theme, and Basement Melodies, the Stage 5 theme. After that, there's Don't Wait Until Night, the Stage 6 theme. Then we'll hear Devil's Resurrection, the boss theme, and then Dracula's Room, the first final boss theme. Finally, I'll play the score ranking song called Sent to the Devil's Requiem. It's like you played through the whole game, but much more enjoyable because you didn't actually have to play through the whole game. Enjoy!
And now for a word from our sponsor. In a recent survey, 9 out of 10 Goombas said that Mario was too strong. They all suggested poison mushrooms to deal with the situation. Poison mushrooms take you down a notch, so you can really enjoy a challenge as you traverse the mushroom kingdom. Eat some poison mushrooms today, available in a question block near you. Now, back to the show. The first two segments of the show were devoted to games that are pretty well known among VGM fans, and the third segment was for a game that's known as a bit of a curiosity, but it is at least known. For the last two show segments, I thought I'd showcase some good soundtracks from lesser known games. I've mentioned on the show before that I listen to video game music at work, and I was digging through the internet for new soundtracks to check out a few months back when I found a DS game called Lunar Dragon Song. I knew the Lunar games from Lunar Silver Star Story and Lunar 2 Eternal Blue. I played the PlayStation versions of those games back in the day, and I really enjoyed them. So I looked up Lunar Dragon Song, thinking that it would be a DS port of one of those two, and instead I found out that it's a game in the same series, set a thousand years before the first Lunar game. I would like to tell you that Dragon Song carries on the awesome RPG tradition of the first two Lunar games. But this is an episode devoted to good soundtracks from bad games. So if you're following the theme, you've already figured out that the game is rotten. At least the soundtrack is worth a listen. Composers Junzo Yagami, Masaaki Honma, Yoshiaki Kubatera, and Yoshifumi Iwata worked together to make something that's got some great RPG sounds, even if the game itself isn't worth your time. The first song I'll play is called Excitement. I really like the guitar sounds in this one. It has a gritty electricity that sounds like an old Neo Geo game. I'll follow that up with Tomorrow, which is a much more chill JRPG track. Next up is Port Town and then Gentle Breeze. Both of these are sunny pastoral tracks that sound like springtime. Gentle Breeze in particular sounds like something Joe Higashi would have written for a Studio Ghibli film. After that, I'll play the main title theme, which feels like a lost song about magic crystals from an early Final Fantasy soundtrack. Who says I have to play the game's main theme song first, right? I'll finish the block up with Wind of Future. Let's hear the songs.
For the last game in this episode, I'm going to feature a very bad game that I love for some inexplicable reason. The game is SNK vs. Capcom Cardfighters DS, and it's the third game in the SNK vs. Capcom Cardfighters series. The first two games are both for the Neo Geo Pocket Color, and I strongly recommend them. The original SNK vs. Capcom Cardfighters has been ported to the Switch along with a handful of other Neo Geo Pocket Color games, and you should check it out if you like the SNK and Capcom 2D fighting games, or if you like card battle games. It's a blast! The second game in the series is actually even better than the first game, but if you want to play it you'll have to find a fan translation. It's worth it if you're in the target demographic. You should probably avoid Cardfighters DS, though, unless your love for the licenses is so strong that you're willing to endure a really bad game like I am. I don't even know where to start with all the reasons that this game is terrible, so I'm just gonna throw some stuff out there. First, the translation is as bad as a lot of SNK's English translations. While that's easily overcome, or even charming for a fighting game or a shoot-em-up, a bad translation really screws up a card fighter, where the text is incredibly important so that you can figure out which card is going to do what. Second, the game is way too easy. There's a way to build a deck where you're getting unavoidable turn 2 or turn 3 kills, and even if you're not playing a completely broken deck, the AI is laughable and the design of the card game itself is terrible. Everything that was good about the card battles from the first two games got completely thrown out the window for this game, and they replaced it with some weird multicolor system that's like something a crackhead would have designed if they'd read about Magic the Gathering but never actually played it and they just wanted crack money right now. Third, the plot is weird. I love this game, I've played through it at least three times, and I still can't tell if the plot is an actual genuine story about tweens using a card battle game and the power of friendship to save the world, or if it's a badly translated parody of a story about tweens using a card battle game and the power of friendship to save the world. It also shipped with a game-breaking bug that made it impossible to progress past a certain point, and trying to get a lot of the marquee character cards is virtually impossible. Getting them all involves so much grinding it's like having a full-time job. And I could keep going, but I do this podcast to expose the world to VGM and not filibuster about terrible disappointing decisions SNK has made. Anyway, the soundtrack is great. I have no idea who composed it, and if you told me that they had taken their name off of it to avoid being associated with the game, I would believe you. I really like these songs. Not only am I going to play several of them today, I've got at least one held back for a future episode. We'll start with Introduction, then hear Battle Theme, and then Floor to Floor. The fourth song I'll play is Shop Theme, and I'll follow that up with Card Menu. The penultimate song in this block will be Last Floor, and the final song will be Boss Battle.
that's the show. If you want to reach me, you can email me at shujinacademyvgmclub at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at shujinvgmclub and on Instagram at shujinacademyvgmclub. Please leave me a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're finding this episode. Special thanks to Josh Grisham of Nerd Informants for recording the promo for Poison Mushrooms. You can find him on YouTube or Facebook by searching for Nerd Informants or on Twitter at Nerd Informants. Also thanks to Bokey Bokey Pixel Art for the show logo. You can find him on Twitter at Bokey Pixel Art. Thanks for listening. I'm Professor Tom, and I'll see you next time on Shujin Academy VGM Club.